Herstorians. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and welcome to another episode of Women of Her Story, a podcast dedicated to celebrating women who have made or are making their mark on our society. Today, I have with me illustrator Gabriella Downey. She is a freelance artist with none other than DC Comics. You may have seen her work on Looney Tunes, Batman, Catwoman, and Harley Quinn, just to name a few. She is also a creator of her own worlds and stories through harms underscore sh art. Thank you so much for joining us today, Gabriella. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this probably all month. If not more. <laughs> me too. I've been so looking forward to this. So let's start with the big one. Tell us how you ended up working with DC Comics. That is a very big story. Uh, I'm a self-taught digital artist. I'm also, I was born and raised in Los Angeles to a Central American family. Mothers from Honduras and fathers from El Salvador. They came here in the 80s for, as refugees, uh, became citizens, learned English, got married, had me and my twin sister. Surprise, I have a twin. Surprise, you have a twin. Yes. And... So um, they had us, we were born, and it was great. It was wonderful little Latino family in Los Angeles. Um, things weren't meant to stick, so parents got a divorce. And I mean, their timing was excellent, and by excellent, I mean awful, because, oh. yeah, <laughs> it was toward the end of high school. Um, I'm sure other high school divorcee kids understand that kind of pain, you know, and so we're enduring that. And on top of that, we're enduring the financial housing crash, mm. 2008, 2009, and then mm. the recession of 2010. It was awful. So I graduated high school in 2010, and I was... I was top student for a long time, AP classes, everything. And when the counselor pulled me in senior year, before it started and asked me, all right, so she was trying to guide me. She's like, what do you want to do for your future? And I said, oh, I want to be an artist. (laughs) (laughs) And at that point, I hadn't taken any art classes. Um, I did do art on my own recreationally, but I was so focused on getting good grades and everything. And so the last year I decided, well, I need a portfolio to apply to an art college. So I, I'm just gonna do that senior year. And she got very, yeah, she didn't like that. Yeah. She, she said to me, oh, so you just wanna Mickey Mouse here? You just wanna like goof off this year? And I said, yeah. What? I, was like, I, I know. I want to invest in my future. That's what I'm doing. What? People don't want to invest. They don't. They don't see artists as a thing to invest in. Which is funny because I think societally and culturally, artists artists will be the one that save us. Mm-hmm. So anyway, <laughs> um, she's like, "Well, what if that doesn't work? What's your plan B?" And I said, "Art is my plan A, B, and C all the way through Z." And I left her off. <laughs> and she hated me (laughs) oh no yeah so um art classes didn't help me much I helped the art classes I remember it was like a digital photoshop class and the teacher she was great I love her all my art teachers best teachers I've ever had um they're they're really the best teachers for everyone. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't look at you like how other teachers might look at you. They don't, they don't evaluate you or, or measure you like mm-hmm. they do, you know, mm-hmm. with your grades or with the way you, um, the way you communicate. Our mm-hmm. teachers really just kind of celebrate whatever it is you have to offer. Mm-hmm. So I was teaching my digital Adobe teacher what to do on Adobe oh, <laughs> on Photoshop. No. I had been on it. Yeah, you'd been playing around with it. Yeah. Yeah, forever. So um, so I couldn't get into college at all because my dad left and he was the only one with a W-2. My mom was a housekeeper uh, and she still is. 
and no shame in that. I'm very proud of her. She worked really hard. I'd argue more people should, you know, um, develop habits like she has, you know, discipline, cleanliness, mm-hmm. order. I love my mom. Anyway, so she was a citizen, but she didn't necessarily have the tax paperwork right. to apply for financial aid. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I hope it's not like this still, but it was impossible to penetrate the financial aid um, yeah. barrier. No I, one helps you. No. And and then they like, I think FAFSA or whatever that is, it makes no sense to anyone. And they make it incredibly difficult. Just it's to encourage you to just go into buttloads of debt is really but that's a whole other, that's a whole other tangent that I'm not going to go on. <laughs> you should go on it because I don't have any debt um, because I was brave enough to say no to all that brainwashing is what mm-hmm. it is. It is. It is. Yeah. It's just another industry for a handful of people to make a whole lot of money. That's all it is, yeah. you know. And ridiculous. it's sad when they go after vulnerable people who want to better themselves that's why they think going into hundreds hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt is is it's logical yeah it's like no no it's a scam it's a scam it's It's, a scam it's feeding off those who need it the most Mm -hmm. like education should not be that hard to access Mm -mm. fortunately I found, or I, I looked, I looked really hard for it. And I was, I was lucky enough to have come across it when like YouTube tutorials and online tutorials were just kind of coming up. Mm-hmm. So I, I really forced myself to learn on my own. Mm-hmm. And I remember for maybe two years straight, I was just a digital illustrator, mm-hmm. um, freelancer for like smaller clients on forums. And I worked every day. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's like, because I live with my mom now. Long story. Maybe we'll get there. I don't know. <laughs> but I would sit here in this room with the most painful back pain, shoulder pain, eye strain. Anyone could imagine every day hammering it out, making art, teaching myself art. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I stayed up so long drawing that my eyelids could not open the next day. (gasps) That's not healthy. It's not healthy. (laughs) And it's sad that that's what it took in order for me to make Mm. some leeway, you know? Mm -hmm. I sacrificed a lot. Part of me sort of molding the industry into what it should be is making sure other vulnerable people don't have to sacrifice at all, you Mm. know? Mm -hmm. It's not right that some people are just kind of given it Mm. and mentored or guided or yeah the path is is easy for sometimes them. it's paved with ceramic tiles and other people have to plow through a mountain yeah yeah or and they could have the exact same skill level it's just an inequality of uh, opportunity distribution. Yeah. I don't even know if it's an inequality. Sometimes I just feel like it's purposeful. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's designed that way. Mm. So anyway, I made this portfolio <laughs> thinking I would take it to like a portfolio day for a college. Um, I really wanted to go to CalArts. Um I had a cousin who had gone there and she was sort of my idol growing up, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I worked really hard to make this portfolio. By the way, portfolio days are the meanest things ever. Like if you want to hate yourself and have no <laughs> self-esteem left for maybe a decade, go to a portfolio review day. Oh gosh. I can only imagine. It's just people with no idea what they're talking about or bad taste telling and others. And just voicing their own opinion. That it... Yeah. Specifically, I remember this portfolio day I went to. There was this girl in front of me and her portfolio was being reviewed. And her portfolio was full of colorful art with backgrounds and characters. But it was like in the anime style. 
which I'm here for it. Yeah. But this portfolio review person was like, I'm so tired of this anime crap, basically. And they didn't even look. They just flipped through it and they destroyed her. They said, not anime. This is bad. We don't want this. Come back when you can like actually do it. And I saw, I saw her. I, I was breaking behind her because uh, <laughs> I really liked anime. So I was like, no. <sighs> this just destroyed her. It was awful. Uh, that's crazy. That's not even constructive. No, it's mean. <laughs> like, yeah, portfolio review should be constructive. Like, okay, that's that's fine if if that's your opinion, but like give her something to work on then. Like there's got to be more than just I don't like it. Come back or, when it's better. What? Or focus on giving her constructive feedback. Don't also season it with how much you hate it cuz like art is personal, you know? Mm -hmm. Not all art is meant for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this art isn't meant for you then like also anime is incredibly like it's an industry now for oh mm -hmm. i mean i know the new gen like gen z love anime which they should because mm -hmm. it's great i mean animation's never going to go away and with technology it's only getting better so mm -hmm. that portfolio reviewer was evil <laughs> i think oh uh, yeah yeah petty i think the culture in art colleges is like make everyone feel like just stab at everyone's flaws no matter how minor they are mm -hmm. I don't know I think they're brainwashed to think that that's art critique when it's not Jeez, no. where's your humanity <laughs> yeah it's certainly not art critique that's just art bashing and that's uh, not useful it's abuse it's not art bashing it's just bullying <laughs> it's just so anyway bullying. with that trauma nicely <laughs> etched into my soul I went back and strained my eyeballs <laughs> <laughs> and I made a portfolio with all this digital client work. Oh my gosh. I made it thinking this has to be good enough for a portfolio review day. I hope, I hope it's good enough that they invite me into the college with open arms because I can't get financial aid. I need help. And I made a website, a portfolio website. And I was like, okay, I got this. I got business cards. I got a, I got to market myself. So I remember it was like Anime Expo 2014. And I went with my little business cards. And I was like, I'm just going to pass this out, man. I don't, I don't care. I'm just going to pass it out. And that, it was hard. I was extremely shy and introverted and fearful and like hated talking to people. I had the worst, most crippling social anxiety. But I did it anyway, just because, I don't know, when you're, when you're really... When you have a calling, mm. you, you, you can't even stop yourself. And for a lot of people, that's the biggest stopper is themselves. Mm -hmm. so I went, I passed these cards out to everyone. And the last person on the last day of the convention was the one. Mm. It was my friend now, almost brother. His name is Jeff. Um, and he is a production artist for DC Comics. Oh. And he was there tabling. And immediately I started looking through his prints. And I was like, I love this old anime. It was, an, it was anime. Anime Expo, hello. And we were going on and on about like anime from the 90s and 80s. Because really that's my taste. Probably my taste only. <laughs> Maybe early 2000s. And we were like kindled spirits is that what you call it when two people kindred yeah kindred yeah. we were kindred spirits and he took my card and he's like well I work for DC Comics Jim Lee is my boss I'm like no way and he's like <laughs> yeah and he shows me a photo of him with Jim Lee and I'm like oh my god that's amazing he's like you want a tour of the office I'm like yes my friend Jeff he's incredible he is the most approachable mm -hmm kind-hearted, down-to-earth, passionate, easy-to-talk-to guy ever, and an artist, so talented. So, and he offers tours to a lot of, a lot of people, like, people he feels will get the most out of it, mm -hmm. which is so generous, yeah. and at the time, the office allowed it as well, because it sort of had, like, an exhibit room for visitors, mm. 
So I was like, okay, cool. So I went and I remember praying on my way to the office, mm. like to my ancestors. <laughs> I was like, please, I pray, please. And it went well. Um, and then shortly after, Jeff asked for my resume and portfolio and he forwarded it to his management who were like, cool, we need Photoshop artists um, as temps. So they signed me up as a temp and yeah, I started as a temp. And then when I got full-time employment, uh, I had to test for it. Um, wow. There were like hundreds of applicants who applied, if not thousands who applied and, and a handful that tested, they test you before you become a full-time production artist. Wow. Yeah. And rarely did anyone finish the test or get up to a certain point. And I was one of the rare few that did get up to a certain point. Mm. And I earned the job, um, which is worth stating because there were people in that office mm -hmm. who thought I didn't earn it. Mm. They thought for every other reason I got that job and you know, shame on them. Mm. Mm. Yeah. They should, no one should ever assume, you know, that someone is getting a position that isn't deserved for, petty. you know, ugh. people petty. are jealous and petty and there are, there are portfolio critiquers, you know, they think the point <laughs> of it is to point out your flaws and lean in on that, you know, mm -hmm. absolutely. <laughs> so what, what has been your experience like working with them? I have different experiences. So when I was there full time, I was in the offices and I got to know all the editors and management and I got to know them in person. And when you work for industries with artists, you get personalities mm. to say the least. Mm -hmm. And sometimes some are unsavory while others have manners. And the unsavory ones, if they are of a certain gender or status they get a hall pass mm, you know mm -hmm. oh so and so's a jerk but you know they're really good at their job and it's like um i think true professionalism and like just courtesy to other humans should be a criteria when hiring people mm -hmm. but that's just my opinion <laughs> <laughs> that's just one gal's opinion <laughs> i mean what do i know <laughs> So it was, it was, no, but there were great people there, like Jeff or my boss at the time, Robert Clark. God bless him. He saved my life. You know, um, he showed me kindness mm -hmm. when there, I didn't know what kindness was. Mm -hmm. And that's mostly due to the fact that I, my job right before DC Comics, I don't know if I want to get too into it, mm -hmm. but to put it in, to put it in. Here's the elevator pitch. <laughs> Reader's <laughs> Digest version. <laughs> I worked for a court reporting company owned and ran by the Church of Scientology. Whoa. So they used their Scientology tactics to sort of fear monger, control and manipulate and hire oh. their employees. No. So I endured that. That was the only job I could get during the go figure during the, yeah during the financial crisis and you know more trauma you know yeah, so when great. I got to DC Comics even with the unsavory people it was way better than Scientology <laughs> <laughs> and just to be clear I'm not a member of Scientology I never will be never was but like I said they were the only ones that gave me a job so mm. And that's sad. Yeah. That's, that's, oh, yeah. Mm, that's a whole lot of uh, definite, you know, you, you said it yourself. There's just the, the fear mongering tactics. And I can't even imagine how that's applied within an employee employer situation. Like that's just a whole other level of manipulation. It, it was hard. You know, it was really hard. 
So DC was great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then as a freelancer, a few years down the line, it was interesting being a freelancer for DC Comics. To be completely honest, it was strange. Like, I had known all these people for two and a half years. And when I was an in-house production artist, every every book published by DC Comics from 2015 through 2017, I touched every Mm -hmm. single one of them. That's what a production artist is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. They do quality assurance, um, editing, sometimes some of the art. So Mm -hmm. I did all of that. So I knew these people, they knew me, they knew my birthday, they nerfed me and everything. And when I became a freelancer, it was like, who is she? Uh, a lot of them were just like, we don't know you, you're not hungry enough for this. We don't know if you're actually talented, you know, just the same petty stuff. Not all of them, but definitely some of them or a lot of them. Yeah. Um, you were. This is why you should never seek validation from other people because Absolutely. they will they will die withholding it from you, mm-hmm. no matter what you do. Mm. People um, call it high school, like oh that's so high school, but I think that's a really benign and insidious way to label it because mm. the impact of that to minority groups is detrimental, and the impact it has on history is detrimental. I mean, I'm just lucky, and others are lucky that I didn't let that stop me. And it would have been fair if it stopped me, you know, it shouldn't take me pushing through that. Yeah. Yeah. An unnecessary hurdle thrown into the mix. It's like, come on, I'm already, I've already been through something like, let, like, just get out of the way, get out of the way and let's just do this. Another problem or another thing I've, I've learned is like, I am white passing. So my last name is Scottish due to colonialism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, the raping of my indigenous family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was preserved in the family due to white supremacy in third world countries like El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you don't have anything to your name, sometimes your name is the only thing you have, which is why my family did fight to keep that name going down and it and it did help them eat mm. food you know when there was nothing mm-hmm. in El Salvador right that is why I have a Scottish last name you mm-hmm. know I also have light complexion and I was raised here so uh, and like not curly hair I, I don't think I look stereotypical you know mm-hmm. whatever that means I don't look like a movie version of a Latina yeah I guess yeah no a, a media portrayal of you is not no. yeah the the problem with that though is that i'm i'm white passing enough for people to sort of let me in the room but like not white so still strange or different enough for people to start mm. hating things about me or like mm-hmm. disagreeing with things about me and in their brain, they'll, they'll sort of decide like, oh, it's not because of race. It's because I don't like people that do X, Y, and Z. And it's mm. like, maybe X, Y, and Z is because I'm not uh, white. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't even imagine being in a circumstance where, where, you know, you're, you're so self-aware of all of these things that it's just also it doubles down the like identity questioning the the am i in the right place no i am in the right place i am supposed to be in this room whether or not you know a b and c think i am because of these other external factors that have nothing to do with who i actually am as a human (laughs) yeah it's hurt it's hurtful I, my voice is important and my presence is important, you know, Mm -hmm. even though it's really painful and hard, I, I didn't have a smooth childhood Mm -hmm. and I like to think that if my presence in a cool outlet like comics or animation, if that can help one kid Mm. get through their shitty life that they have no control over, that can help them or save them, then and that's, that's worth everything I've endured twice over. Absolutely. 
I because that's that's what I deserved when I was going through shitty stuff, mm -hmm. you know. So, mm -hmm. well, speaking of of going through the ringer, from the time that you were at DC full time to them becoming um, freelance, there was a little gap where you were somewhere else. What advice do you have for women experiencing discrimination in their workplace? Okay, some hard, hard advice is don't gaslight yourself mm. and write stuff down, you know, if, mm. if it's just your feelings or if it's what you've observed, get other people involved. So if you have trusted friends, let them know what you're going through. I know it's even hard to even let them in, but they're sort of your safety net, even if it's just for you to vent to. Mm. And my advice to them is you need to speak up. And I know it's scary because there's a very real chance that it'll burn a bridge for them. However, as the debris of that bridge is falling down, there is a mound of ashes growing up from there. Mm -hmm. And on that mound of ashes, more oppressed and abused women can climb up out of their situation. Mm. So you need to understand that when you speak up against abuse and oppression, you're speaking up for yourself and for other people for whatever reason are, might be too broken to speak up for themselves, but they still deserve that kind of mm. um, advocacy. Mm. Yes, ma'am. That was so beautifully worded i was about to applaud you like oh. yeah <laughs> i was like yeah yeah honestly that i think that is very straightforward really great advice because there are people who are advocating for you. there there are going to be people who are going to be on your side and you're not alone in that experience ever someone will be on your side someone has experienced that and they can help you if you reach out for that help yeah, yeah, for whoever for whoever needs to hear this now, if you're going through something, if you're going through abuse or mistreatment due to your gender or your or your ethnicity or your identity, and you feel like no one's on your side, listen to this now. <laughs> I'm on your side. Mm. Me right now. I don't know your name, but I know your pain, and I am on your side. I'm all emotional now. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes. Amazing. And I'm on your side too. <laughs> so <laughs> let's take a breath. Let's lighten things up just a little. So, yeah. well, sort of lightening, sort of, it's fine. Everyone will see as soon as I actually ask the question. So here we go. Diversity, representation, and inclusion are in the forefront of the conversation these days. What are some ways that changes are being made in the comics and animation industry, or is it a lot of talk and little action? Action beforehand. I do see the scene changing now, but it's still not enough. So what I see now is it's action, but it's marketable action. Mm. And that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. That's not even, we should have started there 10 years ago and we should have been past that now. Like, let's, I know the idea is let, like, let's walk before we can run. It's like, no, we better be in the sky at this point. Where, where's the rocket ship? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, honestly, we should be yeah. dancing on Mars. Like, what's going on? I don't know how many times I've been the token woman of color on a team. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Yeah. Um, I'll smile and like play nice because I'm a professional and I don't want to have no job. <laughs> I notice things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's not good enough. <laughs> it is not good enough. No, no. And even, even on like female, just female representation in like superheroes, whatever, there's so few. And then 
I was having this conversation earlier where, where a lot of people are like, well, there's no market for it. I'm like, you mean half the population? What do you mean? There's no market for it. What are you talking about? Like, um, a character I love, um, is Gwenpool and I cannot believe that there is not something with her. I mean, she's obscure, but like, so is the flash, whatever, who cares? You know, like she is someone, she's hysterical. She is similar to Deadpool in that they like break the fourth wall. There's all kinds of crazy stuff that they could do with her. There's definitely a market. There's just no effort. That's, that's the truth. Like mm. the people that hold the keys to the car don't want to go down that route. Mm -hmm. They just don't feel like it. The saying, there's a, if there's a will, there's a way. I think I'm living proof of that. Mm. So if publishers had the will to actually be inclusive instead of market themselves and profit off of that, mm. then there would actually be some change. Mm. I mean, wait, let's, let's break that down a little more. What do I mean by that? It's not that I wouldn't want a book marketed for Latinas, for example. Mm -hmm. I guess I would want that. But when I look at myself, I know I'm Latina, but before I see Latina, I see human person with a story, mm. with feelings. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes they don't give us that. Only white men get that. Only mm -hmm. white men get complex, you know, redeemable mm. characters with fleshed out fantasy worlds that go into any space. Yeah. Like fantasy medieval, the future, cyber tech, white men can go everywhere. Mm -hmm. But when you're an ethnic minority, you are stuck in that set almost. Mm. Like, mm. for example, the movie Coco. Mm -hmm. I adore the movie Coco. Beautiful. But yeah. I wasn't asking for Coco. I was asking for, I asked for sci-fi. I asked for cyberpunk. Mm. I asked for noir and detective and mystery. But I don't see that with a person like me in it or right. a character like me in it. And that's really what I mean when I say inclusion. It's like, don't just rope us off into like it's not disney world okay right. it's not like you go into latino world and you play there for a minute and, and you get to see all and the you, faces and there. you dance and you do exactly. and, and you play the guitar and you wear the hat yeah. and then <laughs> like that and then that's the only place you see or hear latin faces stories and names no i want to be over there in star wars land i want to be i want to be everywhere Mm -hmm. You know, just like white people get to be. Mm -hmm. That's diversity and inclusion. Absolutely. And it's not, and not for saying like ignoring, um, yeah, I, I don't know how to word it, but it's, it's, it's not just casting um, a Latin person to cast a Latin person in a show or in a, in a, in a, uh, in Star Wars, right? It's like giving them actual depth and letting them fit in, like actually exist in the universe, not just look diversity casting. Like that's not, that's not it. That ain't it friends. <laughs> like, mm. yeah, just checking off the box isn't doing the work. No. Doing the work is doing the work. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, now let's lighten it up. And what is your favorite comic series? I don't think any of it is going to be light. No, it's not going to be light. <laughs> I'm Gabriela Downey. Not Gabriela <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> the outfit puppy, though. Yeah, right? I'm like, wait, wait. <laughs> I bamboozled you. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> uh, so what, what is your favorite comic series or animated mm. series, if, if that's a better? Comic series? I'll tell you what comic got me into comics. It was X-23, um, Marvel's X-23. Mm -hmm. I think it was X-Force or something. It was one of her origin comics. And it was beautifully drawn and mm. colored and the story was touching. Um, X-23, do you know who that is? I don't think I do. She is the female clone of Wolverine. 
she looked like me, first of all, which mm. surprise that had an impact on me. <laughs> <laughs> she looked like me. Her story was like beautiful and sad and real. Like I think one of her first, if not her first appearance in comics period, she was being sex trafficked as a teenager. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it, they didn't glam it up either. It wasn't glamorous sex trafficking, which sex trafficking is never glamorous, no. but it was sad. It was sad, it was hard, and it was important. Mm. And yeah, she, I didn't really know comics were a thing up until that point, because up until that point, I was into manga mostly. Mm. So, but when I read her stuff, I was like, this is absolutely beautiful, and I want to do something like this. Mm-hmm. So, love oh. X23. Um, I'm also a huge fan of Harley Quinn, which is sort of the DC counterpart, yes, of your Gwen Poole. Love. Um, I, not too long ago, I worked on Harleen, which was DC Comics Black Label origin story for Harley Quinn. Oh. And, wow. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of book, more, more books like that should belong to us and by us I mean women and women's stories mm-hmm. we need we need content of that caliber because we're worth it you know yeah. my favorite IPs however like I, again I really like anime so Ghost in the Shell is a really big deal Blade Runner is a really big deal mm. for me big influences so it's kind of my vein and aesthetic Mm. and it's like we need more of that and we need it to be brown like we need it to not be all white (laughs) yeah yeah well actually I I want to ask I I want to ask your opinion on this where people are like let's have a black Batman or let's have a a black this or a Latin this or Asian this um in in an already exist not saying that there can't be Batman of color. I'm saying, what are, what's your stance on, on just putting a person of color in one of those roles? Or would you rather, would you rather see an entirely new uh, character for the universe to like character to exist in that universe that exists in its own entity that is designed to be, you know, a person of color or, or is it, preferred and just saying yes Batman can be Latin Batman can be what's your what's your opinion on that I think that's a box that people love checking off Hmm. and that's where people love stopping when in reality it's not even the beginning it's the prequel to the beginning Mm -hmm. so thank you I'm sure that there are fans and that content resonates with them and I know that race-bending characters offers opportunity to non-white writers and artists, which is great. But that's not, like I said, it's not even the beginning. Right. It's just, it's cute. It's cute. That's my opinion. It's uh, cute. Yeah, it's cute, <laughs> but give me an actual character that lives in this universe that is new and designed to represent this person, this, yeah. Yeah, interesting. That's That's kind of what I figured the feeling would be (laughs) but I wanted to ask because I felt like that's that's a conversation that keeps being had like uh make like 007 be a woman which I love which is awesome but why can't it why does she have to be bond why can't she be agent something else and still have her whole entire own universe like that like what is why does it have to just be this existing character is now a woman like that's not that's not lazy. That's not what it is. Yeah, Sometimes lazy. It is lazy. There it is. Like to have your built-in audience and have those cells, like that's sort of the calculated risk a lot of publishers want to lean in. But like I said, it's you have to really think about the impact of the stuff you create. You can't just think about the aesthetics of it. Like mm. this looks inclusive this looks like we're trying but what's the impact it has on the community mm-hmm. yeah if it's yeah. not having the the impact that it should be having then mm-hmm. 
continue developing it, you know, continue asking, what can I do next? Mm -hmm. You know, like, what is the end goal? Is the end goal making profit or is the end goal fixing white supremacy? You know, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. Realistically, when those movies flop, it's due to marketing campaign and budgeting. So again, it's down to the money and Mm -hmm. the reach. And if it's not, if it's due to the movie being bad, well, then hire better people next time and try again. Like, that doesn't have to be... This is another thing I feel. I feel like every time there's a new movie with female something or non-white something, that movie has to carry all of the responsibility of being a success on its shoulders. And, Mm -hmm. like standard white male-led movies don't have that pressure. I love Will Ferrell, but look at all of the garbage movies he's done. (laughs) Half of them are flops, half of them are amazing. And it generally doesn't really have to do with anything other than a bad script or a good script or bad advertising and good advertising. Like, and nobody looks at it and refuses to hire Will Ferrell again after he, one of his random movies doesn't succeed they're just like okay well we'll try again with him in this other film yep do you have a mentor in the industry Uh, I think the closest I got to mentor was Robert Clark my he was my supervisor when I was a production artist Mm in-house and honestly one of my better friends like it, it should also I don't think it should be mentioned but it should also be mentioned that he's a black man so go figure it took another minority to respect and see me um shocking yeah (laughs) and he actually also taught me how to letter and Mm. he encouraged me so much to pursue lettering as as an option for freelancing which which was great um it helped me make money when I really needed it um he also encourages my art as well, but like, God, getting published as an artist is a whole endeavor onto its own mm-hmm. um, that I'm working on. But yeah, he, without him, everybody thank him, please. <laughs> also, he's just such an incredible human being. Like, He's the best boss you could ever ask for. He's like the kind of boss that's sort of, he's like an art teacher boss. Yeah, Mm. he sees what you have to offer and he just kind of like leans in on that instead of trying to micromanage you into his idea of of what a good worker or employee is. Mm. Mm -hmm. So anyone who tries to down you and say you suck, I mean, they suck. Yeah, they already suck. You don't need them around. They need hours into manners. That's what they need. far beyond lettering. Tell us about Harms SH Art and what you're working on. So I am working on my original graphic novel. Um, haven't released the title yet. I'm kind of, I'm like so frustrated because I'm so excited for it. I love it so much. And I want to share without oversharing almost because it's still in production. Mm. Um, so I never have, I had never written anything before this project. Mm-hmm. So it was like, hey, I don't know how to do this. Let's learn all on my own. So it <laughs> took maybe two years to wow. be okay with the script and many revisions. Um, again, that's not 10,000 hours, so I don't expect it to be perfect. But good is good enough. <laughs> so the script took its time. Done to is better than perfect. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yes, it's true. I mean, nobody can be a fan of something that's not out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, it took about two years to develop the IP, the visuals, and the script. And, And now, thanks to the way life took away many distractions, um... I can't leave my house now. That's a, that's another thing. I'm such an extrovert. Like, mm-hmm. if we could, 
I'd be like, cool, podcast on, let's go sing karaoke. Like, (laughs) I want to have fun. And I was having a lot of fun and not drawing a whole lot for a while. So so now I'm drawing this original graphic novel. I stream, I do a daily art stream on my YouTube channel, which is harms underscore SH. And there is no production quality whatsoever, but I don't care. (laughs) Because... I, I'm really just doing it to give me a thing to do. You know, I'm, I'm better at, okay, sometimes we're better at pleasing others than doing things for ourselves. So if I feel like, even if there's just one person who watches me every day, I gotta show up for that one other person. I gotta work on this comic, you know? And that, yeah, if you wanna see like the development of the art, check out the daily art stream, subscribe, hit the bell icon. (laughs) Plug, 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 plug. (laughs) I'm a real YouTubers now. (laughs) (laughs) I guess a little bit about the story. The story has a Latina female protagonist. Yay! Yay! And it's sci-fi. Yay! <laughs> and it's creature. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talks a lot about like mental health struggles. Hmm. So a predominant one is like shame and rumination. You know, I struggle a lot with rumination. I get very obsessive over the things I've done wrong instead of and I and self-punishing too. Mm. Um which is bad. Yeah, that's not great. No. So I created a thing to help me unlearn the thing Mm. and help others unlearn it too, hopefully. Absolutely. Um, There's aliens in it. There's tentacles in it (laughs) for anyone who might be interested in that. Um, There's love. Mm. There's uh, extramarital affairs in it, you know, the real Ooh, spice. Sizzle. Yeah. <laughs> I remember scrolling through Netflix being like, the thing I want to watch isn't on here. And then I was like, doesn't that mean I have to make it? I was like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so here I am making it. I do plan also to pitch it to Netflix. And if not Netflix, Amazon or Hulu. Pitch it all this- over. It's not going to stay. Yeah, it's not staying as a book. It will be an anime, god damn it. Yes, <laughs> I don't know ma'am. if I'm allowed to curse, but That's... it will be an anime. <laughs> yeah, it will be animation because comics are lovely. I don't think it has the same reach Netflix has. And my <laughs> message, I want to reach people. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a glorified pitch packet, this comic. <laughs> Uh, well you know because it all you're like look it's all it's all here these are this is what it can look like like it's all it's all ready for you you just have to do a little bit of extra work well a lot of bit of extra stuff but you know like would you want it to be a series or a movie definitely a movie I think I think a well-told short story short 90 minutes is not short but now it is right because we have long long form content and series and binge stuff but no I want it to be short and sweet kind of like a Disney movie it's not Disney right but nice and wrapped up in a a traditional trajectory of you know beginning middle end there's a button on it even if it's a suspenseful end it's still an actual end not a click Mm -hmm. the next episode yeah (laughs) so I'm working on it you know that's amazing I I want it to be so good that I almost want to dare people to reject me (laughs) you know that's such a good feeling to be so and it's it's a rare feeling to find when you're like I know that this is good, especially as artists. And I know everyone in all fields goes through this, the like, I am crap, this is crap, this is okay, this is crap, you know, like that whole stage. And then, but when you get that one, that one nugget where you're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is good. This is, I'm so proud of this work. 
Yeah. Dare. I dare you to tell me it's not good. I dare you to tell me that there's not an audience for this. Yeah. I love that. That's such a good feeling. I encourage everyone to approach their projects like that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be published by a major company or, or you don't have to look, you, you could be coming out of middle school or high school and you can still be the next big thing. You know, you don't need somebody else's approval. They don't even know what they're approving anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's really funny is that the next thing that I was going to say was, have you had a moment where you just knew you were on the right path? <laughs> Boom. There it is. This whole, this whole section. Yeah. The moment I knew I was on the right path was the moment I chose that it was the right path. Mm. I know there are really big haters that might want to point to me and say she's got a big ego but like I grew up poor and in abuse and as a woman and sexually harassed and exploited my whole life it's not ego this isn't yeah. ego you're hearing and it's not ego you're seeing this is it's and not just confidence are. it's self-love for the first mm. time love I finally give myself because People like hurting other people when they're hurt, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially as women, we're always looking for excuses, not excuses, but like permission. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's that's what it is, is people are wanting you to ask permission to be proud and love everything that you're doing. And you don't need permission. You don't. Narcissism is not loving yourself. Narcissism is having no love for anyone else. Mm. Mm. So as long as you really love yourself and continue to love other people, which is easy when you love yourself, go for it. A thousand percent. Mm -hmm. You know? Absolutely. Do you have any advice for someone wanting to break into the industry, but they don't know where to start? The golden advice I will give is get good at making friends because mm -hmm. your friends will be your advocates. Your friends will be your bosses. They'll give you work. They'll recommend you. They'll shout you out. You really need to be good at making friends. And when I say good, I mean like genuine. You have to be genuine about making friends. Mm -hmm. There's so many people that, especially once they get to a certain level, I don't know if it's because they think they have to preserve themselves. It might be due to self-preservation, but they sort of stop putting, I don't know, interest in developing like genuine and bonded relationships with others. Mm. I mean, that's the kiss of death. Yeah. You're never, you're never too good for anyone. Mm -mm. Your one fan in middle school right now could be the CEO of whatever studio 15 years from now and because you treated them more than just a 15 year old with mm -hmm. nothing to offer because you treated them with more that comes back to you it does absolutely that is excellent advice and people can tell when you're phony and when you're not yeah yeah don't be a doormat but definitely don't be mm. exploiting people. Mm -hmm. People are not a resource. People are people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're not a, they're not a step to your step ladder. They're a mm -hmm. person, you know? Absolutely. Before we get to our last two questions, is there anything else that you would like to add where we can follow your work? Um, anything we didn't touch on? YouTube channel, please like, subscribe, and comment. Um, <laughs> I also have an Instagram. I have two accounts one is like that one Instagram account we all have that we have like all these hopes and dreams for, but we just never work on. That's that one. And, <laughs> and then there's my main one, which is a bunch of like little poetic quotes and like selfies, which by the way, I'm not sorry about selfies anymore. Like absolutely we're crying about visibility and then they're going to cry when I make myself visible. Like, you know what I have to say about people being upset about selfies and people taking pictures of food? I'm like, have you looked at art? 
before? Have you looked at a self-portrait? Somebody spent weeks on painting themselves. Somebody spent weeks on painting a fruit bowl and their dinner table. Like, <laughs> what? Like, why are you all of a sudden upset that because there's a faster format, we can't take a photo of these things that make us happy? What? Yeah. No apologies on selfies ever. I'm a fan. I think I encourage great. everyone take a selfie today and post it. <laughs> Love your selfie, guys. Mm -hmm. What What is your um, Instagram handle? It's all harms underscore sh and harms is with a z. Awesome, and that's on Twitter as well. Correct. On Twitter as well, yes. Mm -hmm. Nothing else to add before we get to our last two questions. I wish there was more to add, but like I said, <laughs> I feel like we covered a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I, I wish there was more like art content to, to share with everyone. But like I said, this, this, this project is still in production. Mm. Watch the live stream, you guys. Yeah. Building suspense too. I'm like, so ready for it now. I'm like, what? Let oh, me see it. <laughs> I'm like, I need it. This sounds so cool. Thank really you. good such a unique and interesting concept i'm i'm excited for it i really am that's genuine i'm not <laughs> i'm not just saying so so i ask the same last two questions to everyone that comes through the podcast first what is your second favorite color periwinkle periwinkle why periwinkle because it's the softest sweetest most beautiful blue Remember when the sky was blue? That was nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Call that a 90s sky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just a hat. It's such a nice, happy, light color. Yeah. I, also, my mom really loves it. So maybe there's like mom connection there. <laughs> probably. You probably associate. I mean, at the start, you know, you were talking about how much you love her. So I would assume there's a, there's absolutely a connection there with that color and associating it with, with your mom. Brains are funny. <laughs> <laughs> and last, what, in your opinion, is the best part of being a woman? The best part about being a woman is the liberty I have to express myself, which I often feel very sad that men or males aren't given that same freedom of expression mm -hmm. due to toxic masculinity. And I think that's where a lot of evil starts from. Yep. Just the world's evil starts from there, you know, just, and, and really homophobia is just misogyny, you know, like. Absolutely. It really, it really is. Yeah. I'm As hard as it is to be a woman, I think I would just be, absolutely miserable yeah. if I was born male and had to or felt pressure to perform that gender role and like my soul would be a torture even more tortured soul <laughs> if I couldn't wear makeup and frilly dresses or whatever else I wanted to wear like I really wish fashion and self-expression was like not just accessible to stereotypical males or generalized males, but I, I wish, yeah, I wish it was encouraged. Mm -hmm. um, I encourage it. Look at me. <laughs> I encourage it. Please do it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you so much for for sitting down today and and joining joining us. I feel like, I mean, I've said it a couple times say it again. I, I think what you're doing is amazing with your, with your, um, with your new graphic novel, like what an endeavor and it's happening and you're so close and you're going to do it and it's going to be amazing. And I, I love how you are able to articulate and invite people into this conversation of what representation means and it doesn't feel like an attack on people who might not understand why mainstream ideas of what diversity means aren't 
what the what people of color are looking for it's not it's not working it's not working and and you have such an excellent way of of expressing things we can do and ways we can move forward and where the industry is going and with people like you in it it is well on the right track for sure same same about you and this podcast like I'm really happy we're collaborating. I'm happy we're getting to know each other and our audiences get to commingle. And I mean, some people might take my opinions as an attack. I understand, you know, but that's growth. You can't grow if it feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, above, above more than just a harshly worded and passionate opinion, it is a call to action and it's an action we can all do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, basically just impact over over everything else. Did your decision today put money in the wallets of people who don't have it? If it did, good job. Mm. If it didn't, do better, do more, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because really, at the end of the day, it's equity. It's mm. equity that gives certain people power and other people don't. Mm. So when women aren't paid equally or minorities aren't hired at the same rate, or everyone's messing up and spewing up their petty opinions with actually just racism. Those who don't have power will stay with no power. So mm-hmm. give them, give them a job. <laughs> give them a job. <laughs> Another big reason why there isn't as much diversity in this industry is because being a freelancer, you need a lot of privilege to be one. You know, like I luckily live with a parent. Luckily. (laughs) Um, And I'm able to put the time into that. And I don't have a child. I don't have children except for the fluffy ones that you see on camera sometimes. (laughs) You know, if you want your industry to have more minority people and voices, help them achieve that. Don't make them compete with old white men who have like all the help in the world all the hardware in the world like stop the it's not an even playing field and when you claim it is you're part of the problem Mm -hmm. period Mm -hmm. so yeah 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 absolutely well <laughs> we oh my gosh that's so funny we went on this whole other other diatribe I love it it's great it's such good conversation and I I three answers just cheering right now like yeah <laughs> stick with two on say that again <laughs> louder for the people in the back <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my gosh you know it's so it's 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 a valuable, it's valuable conversations to have and they're conversations that need to be had. And they're, they're things that need to be brought to the consumer's attention. Cause it's things that like, don't really cross the general public's mind when they're looking at just a comic book. They're not thinking about who went into this, where there are a bunch of freelancers who are, you know, was it done with, you know, an actual good amount of diversity within it? Or is it this? Is it fit? You know, that it's, it's conversations that need to not just be had with people in the industry. Otherwise, you know, nothing's gonna change until the consumers also say, hey, we want this as, as the people you're marketing to we want this there's they've been saying it for years but now we have to actually say something too it can't just be the people who are continually being brushed aside you know there have to be other voices (laughs) in there well thank you herstorians for tuning in again you know the drill subscribe tell your friends so that we can share all of these conversations with the amazing women we get to talk to every week you can follow us on social media on Twitter at the Her Story Pod, Instagram at Women of Her Story Podcast. You can visit our website at ofherstory.com or you can send us an email to Women of Her Story Podcast at gmail.com. Until next week, be safe, stay healthy, and show the world.